trip and being with you. Lord, it's like coming in to your presence and it's a drink of water for a thirsty soul to me tonight. And I thank you for your spirit being here. I thank you for you, Jesus, being here with us. And Lord, we, we've had just a wonderful time just sitting at your feet, worshiping you, God. And as you prepare our hearts for your word, Lord, I pray that you bless your word tonight. And as you have been moving already, will you continue to move in our hearts and encourage us, Lord, increase our faith and help us to trust in you more. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Where's the amens? Amen. Amen. All right. In 1854, the pioneer missionary Hudson Taylor was sailing to China. When the ship reached the area of New Guinea on the way there, it got into danger being stranded with no wind and caught in this strong current, pulling them toward a reef underwater and then toward this island actually known for its cannibals. The captain basically just gave up hope and he told the crew and the passengers on board that there's nothing to do but wait and sink. How do you like that encouragement there? But Hudson Taylor said, no, there's one thing we have not done and that is pray. So him and three other Christians, they went down below deck and they went to pray. Well, just a few minutes later, Hudson Taylor went up on deck and not finding the captain, he went to the first officer and he asked them to put up the sails, telling him, God told me the wind will come. Well, after much grumbling and a little bit back and forth, the officer finally went and gave the order to have the sails uh, get put up to get ready for the wind. Well, when the captain came up deck to see what all the commotion was and what was going on, just then the wind came and filled the sails and pulled the ship away from the reef and they, they were safe. Hudson Taylor, with that, wrote in this account, he said, I learned a great lesson. Bring every need to God in prayer and God will give the help each emergency requires. I love that. What a wonderful story to see God move in, in that way. Well, tonight in our Bible study, the disciples find themselves actually in the opposite situation. It wasn't not enough wind, but too much wind had come down upon them on the Sea of Galilee, the lake there in northern Israel. But Jesus is with them, and when they come to him, he rescues them. And so Tonight, our message is titled, Jesus Stills the Storm. Jesus Stills the Storm. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8 from verse 22 through 25 tonight. And our outline tonight is this, number one, the great danger. Number two, the great calm. And number three, the great question. So three great things we're going to see here. And let's begin with number one, the great danger. The great danger. We begin here in verse 22, and we're going to be covering both verse 22 and 23 here in this section. So, verse 22, Luke chapter 8, it says, One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. So, we'll stop there. We begin with this first series, really, of stories that Luke's going to be writing, these accounts uh, all the way to the end of this chapter. And we're going to see Jesus in his power. We're going to see his power over downpours tonight. Uh, demons next time. And then disease and even death 
as we go on into this chapter. But, but tonight, on this first account, we see here in, in Luke chapter 8, this first account starts with Jesus and the disciples getting into the boat and setting out on the lake, or it's called the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake right there in the northern part of Israel. And they're getting into the boat to go over to the other side. So we come into this great story. And I, don't, I don't know, I always think of this right away. I just think about, remember Gilligan Island theme? <laughs> you remember that? Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, tale of a fateful trip. That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and true. Five passengers set sail that day on a three-hour tour. Come on, a three-hour tour. The wet, no, we'll stop there. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) think of that, right? Now, in Mark chapter 4, we find a little more in the parallel parallel story that it was more than just one boat. Jesus didn't just get in a boat with his disciples and go, but there was actually more than one boat. So just imagine this flotilla, flotilla launching of boats, launching out, and, and, and Mark tells us it was when at evening, right? When it was getting dark, probably right after dinner. And so they start sailing out to get to the other side. Now I was just guessing it was probably a nice evening, you know, it, 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 probably no wind. It, it was nice to just kind of get out there or, or a soft breeze to push them out there. And it was probably a beautiful evening. And they're out, out on the water. And what a better place to be, right? After a full day of ministry, being super busy, yeah, with ministry, having a nice dinner and then getting in a boat to go across to the other side. So you can imagine what's going on here. So with calm waters seeming like a head, right? They set out, as we read here, to go over to the other side. But God had another plan here, didn't he? God has another plan in mind, as we will see. Little did the disciples know there was danger ahead. As uh, Irv Hedstrom said, The Lord doesn't take us into deep water to drown us, but to develop us. And I like that. Right on this onset, as we get into this story, just keep that in mind. When we get out there in the waters and things don't work out as we plan, God has a plan in all of this. And I love what he said. He doesn't just take us out, out, take us out into deep water to drown us, but to develop us. There's a reason. There's a plan. And sometimes we may jump into our plan. Hey, all right, Jesus, let's go. We're going to go to the other side. But then God might have another plan to help us grow. So, we go to verse 23 now. And as they sailed, he fell asleep, that's Jesus, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. So, we find two things about Jesus here, right here in this verse. And number one is what I want to first look at, is that Jesus... Asleep in the boat reveals his humanity. Jesus asleep in his boat reveals his humanity. I mean, think about it. It's been a long day of ministry. We've been reading about a lot of his teaching in this chapter. We've been seeing a lot of the miracles he's been performing, the healings, casting out demons, people constantly coming to 
uh, that, uh, him. And you can imagine disciples attending, you know, to all the ministry going on, maybe praying with people. So it's been a long day of ministry, attending to people's needs. And, and like any of us, here's Jesus after a nice dinner, getting out on the nice water, right, falling asleep. Here we see Jesus sleep in the boat, revealing his, really, humanity. We see Jesus in his incarnation, right? That means his humanity, how he was clothed in humanity. That here's God come in the flesh, being fully God, and then fully human in that he was tired and exhausted at this point. You know, I was thinking about when Jesus met the Samaritan woman. It says... In uh, John chapter 4, verse 6, he came to the well, basically, and the NLT says, And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And so with this in mind, understand Jesus fully can relate to us. He fully understands when we are physically tired, when we're worn out, when we're exhausted, when we're tired, and when we need sleep. He understands that. And so we can find comfort and understanding that in his humanity, he went through everything we did, right? And here in this boat, he needed rest. And so he understands when we need rest, and God will give us rest. So we see, first of all, Jesus asleep in the boat. It reveals his humanity. And then number two, Jesus asleep in the boat reveals his trust in the Father. Reveals his trust in the Father. So as Jesus fell asleep here, we see in verse 23, a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water. They were in danger. So this windstorm came, windstorm came, whipped up the waves, brought the storm and everything, and it threatened to sink the boat. Yet, even through all this, and we're going to see in the next part, Jesus was still asleep, even in the middle of this life-threatening situation. Isn't that crazy? Jesus asleep in the boat in the middle of this storm. Now understand the Sea of Galilee, it's uh, about 13 miles long, 7 miles wide in the northern part of Israel. And it's 150 feet deep. It's a pretty deep lake there. And it is also 690 feet below sea level. And because of that in the mountains nearby, what happens from the north, these winds come. And as they come down the mountain, they begin to funnel through this canyon uh, that ends up, really uh, widens out onto the Sea of Galilee. So the wind comes down the mountain from the north, and it blows down into this canyon, it speeds up, and then when it hits the warm air over the lake, it just creates these storms. I mean, I was thinking it's like living here, right? Uh, The trade winds come, or lately we've been having a lot of wind, right? Bringing the rain and all, rainbows too, but a lot of rain and all this wind. So imagine what happens when it hits that warmer air over the lake and the cooler comes though. So it just creates this huge storm, a lot of wind, rain, all this waves going on. Uh, They say that the the, uh, storm and the air and the wind that brings all this this it can bring as waves as big as like 10 to 15 feet high and it can happen suddenly without any warning this storm will come through so without any notice this is what's happening they go out you know just like gilligan island you know no worries nothing but awesome boom they're in the middle of this storm in the middle of the lake and in the middle of the storm in the middle of the lake 
Jesus is asleep and still. Jesus is calm. How can it be? He trusts the Father. He trusts the Father. I feel tonight that God wants to give you that word, that you can trust the care of the Father. You, you can trust the Father's protection. The question is, will you be still knowing God is in control? I love this story. During a very severe storm on a trip from England to New York, the captain's daughter woke up to the tossing of the ship and objects were thrown around and everything. And, and this eight-year-old little uh, girl woke up and asked, what's going on, what's going on? And was told about the raging storm that was happening and the ship was in the middle of She then asked, is my father still steering the ship? And after being told he was, she put her head on her pillow and went fast asleep. She knew with her dad at the helm that there would be no problem. Everything would be okay. So that's the thing with us. Maybe you're going through some storm. But know this, that you can find peace. You can find rest. You can be still, be calm as you trust God even in the middle of a storm. So know that tonight. Let that be a word to you tonight. And as we go on, let's find out why. So Jesus stills the storm, even inside of us. Uh, and we've seen the great danger come upon them, and now the great calm. Number two, the great calm. Verse 24, And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, uh, and they ceased, and there was a calm. So the disciples, in the middle of the storm, go to wake up Jesus. And they cry out to him. They say, Master, Master, we're perishing. In other words, we're going to die. Come, save us. you got to rescue us. you got to help us. In Mark chapter 4, in that parallel passage, you know what the disciples say? Do you not care that we are perishing? Right? Do you, don't you care? We're going to die here? Don't you care about that at all? I'm sure they're wondering, Jesus, how can you sleep during this time? What are you doing to sleep? I think sometimes we think that, don't we? God, are you asleep or something? The storm's going on. What, what, what's happening? I don't see any movement from you. I don't see anything going on. Well, this was a des- desperate and chaotic situation, though. So you can imagine what was going through their head, the emotions that were on their heart. You can imagine that. Now, critics of the Bible point out there's a contradiction here. You see, in Mark chapter 4, we read, Mark writes down that the disciples are saying, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? In Matthew 8, in another parallel passage, of the same story, uh, he records the disciples saying, Save us, Lord. And here we read in Luke, we, we see Luke writing, the disciples saying, Master, Master, what's going on here? The critics of the Bible say, See, there's a contradiction here. They're not saying the same thing. See, the Bible's not true, all of that. But you know what I think? For me, it's not a contradiction. For me, It's not a mistake in the Bible. It only proves the chaos that was going on. It only proves the fear that was happening, gripping the disciples. Because you can imagine, it it wasn't just one of them, right? They're all yelling. They're like, 
Master, Master, or Teacher, Teacher, or Lord, Lord, save us, you know. They're in this desperate situation here. It wasn't like they, they got together here and they formed a committee and decided who's going to go wake up Jesus in the back, you know. And they didn't, they, they didn't like elect one person, well, I vote for this person to go back, you know, in the middle of the waves and everything, go back, you know, in, to, to the boat there and wake him up and approach him and say, oh, Master, uh, I've come to speak for myself and the others. We are about to be cast into the deep waters of the lake and perish. No, you know, they're going crazy. They're like, Master, Master. And here's Jesus, you know, asleep there. Uh, and Mark tells us in the stern, in the back of the boat now, um, just his head on a pillow asleep. No, they're running back there and saying, We are going to die. Wake up, wake up, Jesus. You got to help us. You got to wake up. So you can imagine all the chaos. You can imagine the giant waves crashing on the boat. Right, uh, not the boat filling up with water faster than maybe they could bail it out. You you can this you can imagine in here the disciples trying to yell and for Jesus to wake up, yelling at each other, do this, do that. But, uh, you know, among the howl of the wind, you I mean they're they're wet, they're cold. I mean this is probably one of those quote unquote bad ones, right? So just imagine this whole picture and the motions that are in them, high. Their emotions are high with fear and panic sets in. You know what? I could almost hear them thinking here, God, why did you tell us to go across? Why did you tell us? We should not be here. I think you made a mistake, right? I could almost think of, hear them thinking that. Maybe some of them. I know, sometimes you ever think that? God, is this a mistake? I remember many years ago, we were at Paya Bay and we were hanging out as a family and, and I took Kristen on a body board. <laughs> and um, I said, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you how to catch a wave, right? All right, here, here we go. Here it comes. Get ready. And I pushed her into the, the wave. And then I pushed her into the swell, into that wave, and, and I realized that it was this big closeout wave. And as she famously tells everybody, that she heard me say, whoops. <laughs> what does, and she, in her mind, she's thinking, what does that mean? And then, boom, she went over the falls and all. Well, yeah, I did make a mistake in that way. But, but here's the thing. God doesn't make mistakes. Maybe I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but God doesn't. But sometimes we think that, right? Is this a mistake? No. God has a plan in all of this. And you know what it is? To reveal himself in a greater way to the disciples. That's what it is. God has a plan in all of this to reveal himself in a greater way that they may grow in their faith, that they may see Jesus for who He is. That's what's going on here. There's no mistakes. No. Jesus said, hey, let's get in a boat. Let's go across. Right? It was part, oh, part of the overall sovereign plan to be caught in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the storm, with Jesus sleeping in the boat. But it's those moments, you guys, 
that we see God in a greater way. It's those moments that we realize how much God means to us. I always say, remember what Corey Ten Boom said? You may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you need. That's when it really opens our eyes to Jesus Christ. So, we see here now in uh, verse 24, and he, uh, in the middle of verse 24, awoke, Jesus awoke, and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. So here's Jesus. He just speaks against the wind. He just, he just commanded the wind, the storm, the waves to be still, and they ceased, and there was this calm. It was this stillness. I always I was, can picture, I always talk about this whenever we talk about these stories of the disciples caught in a storm on a lake, is that, can, can you imagine how there's this raid, all this water, you know, waves going up and down, the boat is rocking like this, there's water all coming in, and Jesus just rebukes it, stop! And all of a sudden, just like that, and just, just in a millisecond, boom, everything's still. The water's still. It's calm. Everything, just maybe even the, the clouds open up. There's, there, you can see the stars in the sky. But everything just goes flat. Can you imagine how incredible that must have been? And sometimes I always picture, well, maybe the only evidence that there was a storm is the creaking of a little lamp going, ee, 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 you know, left over there. But imagine that happening, that phew, all of a sudden it's calm. Jesus stills the storm just like that. This is the great calm that Jesus did. The creator of all things has power over what he's created. That's what the idea is. Uh, take a moment, turn over to Psalm chapter 33, verse 9. Psalm 33 and verse 9 real quick. Psalm 33, verse 9. It says here, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. And I like that verse. I point this out to you, because it's speaking about God and creating everything that we see. He just spoke it. That's the power of God. That's authority of God. That's what happened in Genesis 1, right? He just spoke, commanded, it, and, and uh, it came to be. He just spoke, it commanded, and it stood firm. So you can imagine here in our story why Jesus, the creator, right, who created all things, he just speaks and boom, he has that power, he has the authority, and it's all still and calm. So understand this here, back to Luke 8. All creation must obey God, the Creator, Jesus Christ. All creation must obey God, the Creator, Jesus Christ. Isn't that good to know that our Lord and our Savior is God? That Jesus, the Scripture tells us, He's the one who was there, who created everything. That's our God who cares for us. That's the one who's protecting us. That's the one watching over us. And even if it seems he's asleep, which he's not, <laughs> even if it, it seems like God made a mistake, 
God the Creator has the power to be there for you. Know that tonight, all of creation must obey God the Creator, Jesus Christ. You know, I read this fascinating story a number of years ago. This Australian man had fallen overboard during a Category 3 hurricane. And the storm and the waves also knocked his fishing boat on its side. So he struggled to get back on the boat, but he couldn't do it. And the boat was, was ready to sink, being on its side. Well, just then suddenly this huge wave came, picked up the guy, lifted him up, put him back on the boat, and righted the boat at the same time. He ended up making it all the way back into port. Isn't that amazing? That's God. <laughs> I think God came and went, okay, and he's back on the boat. True story. So the creator of all things has, a, has power over the universe. So let that reassure you tonight. No matter what is going on, let that reassure you and bring you comfort. You know what's interesting? This word here in verse 25, rebuked, is the same word that is used in the Greek when it describes Jesus rebuking the demons, when he rebuked the demons. And so because of that, some, some even feel like that the storm came because of some maybe evil forces brought the storm upon them. Just interesting note. But I add that to tell you, Jesus is more powerful than any of the demons of Satan, even Satan. And we talked about this Sunday, right? Satan's a created being, an angel. God is God. He's the creator. So and to bring you comfort, keep that in that. Keep that in mind. So no matter what you may be going through, know this, Jesus can still the storm. All right, number three, the great questions, the great questions. Last verse here tonight says, And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? So in this last verse, we see actually two questions that are brought up. One by Jesus, and one in the thinking and the conversation of the disciples. So I feel like these are two questions for us to think about. And number one is this. What happened to your faith? If Jesus is with you, the boat cannot sink. So Jesus, that's what basically Jesus is saying. What happened to your faith? Where's your, where's your faith? Where'd it go? What happened to your faith? In other words, I'm sure Jesus was thinking, hey, wasn't it just not too long ago you saw the miracles? You saw the healings, the casting out of demons. You, you saw people... Their lives being changed, the Holy Spirit moving. What, what happened to your faith in the middle of this storm? Why were you panicking? Why were you in so much fear? Gee, I, he's kind of like saying, look, I'm right here. You know, where, where, where's your faith in that? It, what happened to your faith? If Jesus is with you, what, what's the worst that can happen to you? If Jesus is with you, here's the thing. The boat cannot sink. Look again in verse 22. It says, One day he got into a boat with his disciples. And I think that's important to know, that Jesus was with them in the same boat that went through the storm. And if Jesus is with them, that boat's not going to sink, right? So Jesus is like, look, 
I'm right here. Where's your feet? You know, in, in all of this. Hudson Taylor once said, we are safer in a storm with God than anywhere else without him. I love that. We're so much safer in a storm with God than anywhere else without him. So what happened to your faith? If Jesus is with you, the boat cannot sink. You know, years ago, um, one time Chris and I were on this uh, flight uh, with some other Calvary pastors and their wives. and We were actually, um, forget if we were going, or I think we were returning from this uh, Alaskan cruise we went on. Um, uh, we were gifted as being, you know, blessed with the, be able to go on this cruise. And it was just, all these Calvary pastors were there. And Pastor Chuck and his wife Kay were on on that trip too. And you know, we had like meetings and, and all. But anyway, it was, uh, um, we were on this plane flight. Um, either going or coming, I think going, I forget. But anyway, we're on a flight with all the pastors, and Pastor Chuck was on a flight too. And I remember as we were flying, and you know, you hit a little bit of turbulence, but then the, the other pastor started kind of joking, saying, Well, you know, we're going to make it there, no problem, no matter what, because Pastor Chuck's on the plane. <laughs> and, and, and God isn't finished with Pastor Chuck yet, too, you know. And so we're kind of joking about that. But you know, this is the same thing. Right? Where, where, where is your faith? What happened to your faith? Jesus, like, if Jesus was with you, if I'm with you, the boat is not going to sink. The second question is brought up really by the disciples, and it really is, who is this Jesus to you? Well, Jesus is God who is greater than any storm. Because the disciples, they were afraid. They're like, whoa. They're like, whoa, this is, you know, chicken skin kind of moment. Um, you know, they marvel, they're amazed, they're saying to one another, who then is this guy, really? Who then is? If he can command the, even the winds and the wa- waves and the water, they obey him. So they're like, whoa, whoa. So here's the second question. Who is this Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus? I, I, I think that's a great question. We should answer, Jesus is God who is greater than any storm, as we've been talking about here. Again, didn't they know this already? You would think, come on, guys. You've seen the miracles. You've seen the healings. You've been hearing his preaching, right? Demons obey him. And we're going to see another story about that next time. But what, what's going on? What is, what is the, the clue? What, what's happening? Why didn't they get this? You know what I think? I think their minds limited Jesus to only what they had experienced so far. Yeah, he's, he can heal diseases. You know, oh yeah, he can cast out the demons. Yeah, there's miracles like that. But that's all they saw. Their minds were limited to only that. Not the wind. Not the waves. They were just put a, made a circle only over those things. Oh, God can take care of that. So God here expanded the limits of their mind to reveal how powerful Jesus really is. Take note, something else here in verse 22. Go back to verse 22. Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. And the New King James Version said, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus didn't say, let us go under, right? But let us cross over. Let us go. We're going to go. 
If Jesus says you'll make it, that this is where we're going, then you'll make it. And so that's what we have to believe also. You know, don't limit what you think God can do in your life to only what you've experienced. Yeah. Look at what the Word says. Look what we're reading today. Look what we're studying. Know that this is God. He's the Creator. A creation can obey Him. So don't limit your mind to all that you've seen. But whatever you're going through right now, whatever storms are in your life, whatever's happening, the troubles, you know, God can take care of that too, right? God is more powerful than that. God can help you. God can strengthen you. God can change you. God can give you the ability. God can be there with you. No matter how hard it looks, He can get you through. No matter if you feel like, oh, I I don't think I'll make it, God can help you. Isaiah 43, 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Understand, whatever you're going through, God can take care of you. Romans 8, 38, 39, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels no rulers, no things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, think of it like this. Do not trust in what someone may be doing to you, overpowering you. Don't trust in maybe what what, what someone is not doing. Maybe you think that they should be doing. Don't don't trust in what you see. Don't trust in what you're expecting or not expecting or not coming to pass. But trust in Jesus for He alone has that power to truly rescue you and keep you afloat. This is our God, you guys. This is the one we worship. This is the one we've come to tonight, the lion and the lamb, right? This is what we're seeing. God, open our, my, the eyes of my heart. You know, we're waiting here for you. You know, the powerful name of Jesus. Do we believe that today? Do we see him as our Lord, God, and King, high and lifted up, the ruler of the universe, the one who cares for you and that could any do anything and has all power that that's what we got to see him as so hopefully as god opened the eyes of the disciples and expanded the limits that they put on jesus in their mind hopefully tonight we can see the same that god would speak to us that he's big enough for any of your problems i'll close with this after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, did you know Congress, remember how New Orleans got all flooded? Uh, Congress approved a, a massive $14 billion to build a ring of protection, they call it, all around the city uh, by upgrading pumps and their levees and so that that would never happen again. These new pumps, they say, can move water at a rate of 11 gallons per minute. Uh, they can, that means they can fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool in 3.64 seconds. Unreal. That's a lot of water flowing, right? And so 
Uh, or they say also uh, um, these pumps could fill the New Orleans Superdome in 90 minutes. So they're, you know, they're there to keep the water out. Well, when they were first installed and, and uh, in the next season, this tropical storm, after that it was installed, this tropical storm uh, named Lee was approaching in 2011, and there was some fear that the pumps would not be big enough for the storm that they were forecasting like 10 inches of rain coming in, but it held up. But I was thinking about that, how just like these pumps were big enough to handle the storm in the same way, know that Jesus is big enough to handle whatever comes your way. No matter what you, you face, you may face or be facing, we can have great faith that Jesus stills the storm. Let's pray. Lord, as we close up here in prayer and, and just singing to you some worship, God, Lord, we want to come in faith and we want to look to you and who you are, God. We know that you are an awesome Lord, powerful God. Lord, high and lifted up and creator of the universe and holds all power and ability. And Jesus, I just pray for anyone here tonight or even those who are connected online that if we're struggling in a storm, if we're filled with fear and panic, if we're thinking that what's happening is God is asleep on a job right now or uh, whatever's setting in to us right now and giving us stress and worry, Lord, help us to remember that you're here with us. Help us to remember who you are, God, and help us to trust you. Help us to trust the Father that he cares for his children more than we can even imagine. And I pray over us right now that your spirit would come and speak, that your spirit would, would not just, uh, or, um, just touch us, but give us a word, Lord, if not already that your spirit will move upon us and give us that assurance through your word, through what we study tonight, that you are big enough for anything that comes our way, that you can handle it, and if you can handle it, we can handle it. So Lord, I pray right now for those who need that assurance, that you give them peace, Lord, that you'd calm even their hearts, because sometimes the storm is in our own hearts, the, the, the worry, the fear, the panic, Lord, the waves crashing down upon us, the waves of panic, the emotions, Lord, that rise up and come down and crush us. Lord, right now, may your peace come upon us and your assurance that, that you're here, that we would hear your voice and I'm here with you, no worries. I pray you touch us right now. And we look to you as our King, Lord, as our God. Thank you for opening our eyes even more to who you are. Expand the limits of our mind that we put upon you. And in this story, may we find that as you still storms, you can still our, our heart and we can be still and know that you are God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen.